This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, our guest is Aaron Asen with uh, Asen Law, PLLC. Welcome, Aaron. Hey, thanks for having me, Gary. So, Aaron, what got you into law? I think it was watching shows like Matlock. I was, I don't know, my dad used to watch it and then my mom would like Perry Mason and then I grew up watching Law and Order. And it, I mean, the law always intrigued me. It intrigued me for the, you know, it kind of, it kind of touches a lot of different things. And so I, uh, so that's, 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 that's how I got into it after I did a bachelor's degree and master's degree. And I said, well, let's just, let's go to law school and complete the trifecta. So, (laughs) so what, you know, I mean, you've been doing law now for a while. What What is it about law that, that gets you excited? I think for me, it's the challenge of the puzzle. You know, almost every case is is trying to take a set of facts and trying to make sense of them and then trying to figure out how to help the client. The You know, the, the world is a complicated place and the law seems to be everywhere. And sometimes people, I have clients who come to me and they're they're scared, they're confused, they're they're worried um, about how this is going to affect their life. And it's nice. And whether that's a company or an individual, and I really like being able to sit down with them and, um, and try to help them work through the problem that they have, or even prevent the problem. Sometimes it's setting up a company to make sure they don't have problems in the future. Um, but I, I'll tell you one of the best compliments I ever had was somebody who said, I have had not, I haven't had a good night's sleep in two or three weeks because of this problem. Thank you so much. I finally got a good night's rest last night. Yeah. So, and that, and that's, that's really gratifying. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, one of, one of the, the areas that, that you specialize in um, is cybersecurity. Um, we, we had one, you know, uh, a week ago, we had one, a computer guy that talked about cybersecurity and how from a, a, a computer side and, and more on the business side of things, how to protect <laughs> yourself. Um, but I wanted to talk to you today about, you know, individuals and somebody having their identity stolen through, you know, because of a flaw in their cybersecurity or something. Um, so can can you kind of give us in, in a little nutshell um, some of the um best practices that you have for people if their identity has been stolen or they think it has been stolen? Yeah. So I think one of the first things that's really important um, is to make sure that you document everything 
very, very carefully um, and make sure that appropriate law enforcement agencies know. So that could mean filing a report with your local police department, filing a complaint with the Federal Trade Commission, um, you know, t taking those steps to document everything that's transpired surrounding where you think the, the, the hack took place or the, the breach took place. Um, so, for example, let's suppose that you um, were trying to buy something um, and you clicked on a link and after you've entered your credit card information and date of birth and everything else, you're like, oh, wait a second, I probably, wait, what, why was I doing that? You've already clicked send. Okay, so, you know, making sure you get all that information down, what was the name of the website? filing the appropriate reports and what that does is that puts you in a really nice situation it puts you in a well it puts you in a better situation if let's say somebody opens up a credit card in your name or attempts to use the credit card information that you've already given to them um the you know the going to spree at target or i don't know the apple store or whatever and you can then dispute those charges with the credit card company that you know, that's, that's really easy to do. And if for some reason it gets sent into collections and let's say it ends up in court. And I actually had this happen where somebody ended up in court um, because of a, a failed collections. Um, you can go to them and say, look, you know, I had my identity stolen. This is the who, when, when, where, why, and how. And more often than not, I think most reasonable people will back off when they say, okay, yeah, you were the victim of identity theft. But it's really about early documentation. It's really about making sure that you um, just, get as much information about that as you possibly can. So you just said that you've gone to court about this because of failed collections. So um, you're saying that if you get a, a bill or a collection notice from someone and you don't think it's yours, kind of what, what are the first steps that you, that you should take with that? Well, so the, the so, Let's, let's differentiate between two things. If somebody just takes your credit card number and attempts to make purchases with it, right. then that's really easy to challenge with the credit card company or with your bank. And you have to jump on that, especially if it's a debit card. Right. Uh, because there's because the cash is already out and you want to make sure the bank you know, knows about that and they, they can you know, get you your cash back. If, with zero liability fraud, that's what most cred major credit card companies have, such as you know Chase, American Express, whatever. So you let them know, and then they can put a stop to that. That's one side of the scenario. That's one. That's one. That's a lot easier to deal with. What's a little bit more complicated to deal with is if, let's say, they they get your information, date of birth, social security number, name, whatever, and then they open, let's say, a Best Buy credit card that you don't know about. Right. But instead, they put down your name, address, and everything else, and so you wouldn't know about this until we're already in, you know, until we're all the way down the road. And that's especially when it's really important to have all of that information um available because then you can go to court and say your honor um you know i never opened this up as soon as i learned about this i filed the police report i, I did whatever the, the the unfortunate reality to gary is that in the in the second scenario that i described you may not know about it right. until it's too late so you may not even have any inkling that you need to file a police report or do whatever but the minute that you do find out that's when it's important to act and it's important to file challenges with your, with the, uh, with TransUnion, Experion, Equifax. It's important to just, you know, do everything you can to stop, to, to document the, the fact that you're, 
that this is not your credit card. Right. And sometimes, yes, you need to get an attorney involved because sometimes they will not listen to you. Um, and that's what happened, you know, with the case I had, you know, he, this client had tried to fight it and it didn't work. And so he got an attorney and we, uh, we handled it and the, they backed, they backed off. So, but it's, but it's, it's important to just act. Time is not your friend <laughs> with these things. You need to act just as quickly as you know that something is wrong. So if, you know, you always hear, you know, hey, make sure you pull your credit, you know, once a year, so forth. So what you're saying is, hey, if I pull my credit and I see something on there, um, then that's that's when, you know, do I do I file the police report right then or do I try to call whoever's, you know, say it's some doctor's office and do I try to call that doctor's office to get information about it before I call the police? What do I do? I would I would I would generally recommend filing the report first because that way you have something to show to them. And that, you know, that raises another point I wanted to add is, you know, checking your credit report every year is is vital like you need you need to pull it um and you're entitled to one free credit report every year um and so it's um it's so if you're doing that and you're paying attention to and and, and some and look not everything is nefarious sometimes things just sometimes there's a missed keystroke or something happens you know it, it happens but that's why it's important you know go over it check your list of accounts and just make sure that everything that that they make look at all the outstanding um, credit accounts you have and just make sure that everything looks good if something's off challenge it file the report and just and you may not even do anything with it there may not even be anything to do with it um the credit card the credit reporting places may just say okay you know there was a mistake made you know we'll fix it whatever but it's but you don't want to wait you know checking it at least yearly um and even in today's world it's it's maybe not such a bad idea to see if you know to try to get um some kind of credit monitoring to where if something happens you know they they can alert you right away and yes it does pay it, it you know you pay a few bucks for right. it um i was looking at one the other day i think it was like 24 bucks a month for all three i think it was all three of them yeah. um but you know having that so that if something weird comes up you know doing you know um you know, act being be, getting notice of it really quickly is important. And as a general proposition, even locking your credit account, locking your credit accounts with the three uh, credit reporting agencies is is also a good idea. And then if you have to go get a loan for a car, or you want to open a new credit card or whatever, then you can just go unlock it for that particular thing and then relock it back up. And that costs nothing, or the cost is minimal. But it's it just there's just so much data floating around right now. And the, the days of being able to sleep at night, knowing that your information is secure is, I think those are days gone past at this point. So now when you're talking about locking down your credit, so if, if I were to do that, am I calling each one of the credit bureaus or how, how does that work? So you just go online to each one of them. And you can just say locked. And usually you just fill out some information, fill out a quick profile. I mean, they've already got your information, but you create a right. profile and you basically just, it's you, a lot of times it's just a little button right in the middle of the screen, lock your account. They send you an email saying that your account is locked. And then again, if you have to go get credit for whatever reason, then you go back and you just unlock it for 
24 hours and then relock it back. And, and that's really the safest way, the best preventative way to ensure that people don't do that. It's right. just by having them locked all the time, unless you need them unlocked. Right. So, so when they, when they lock it, basically when somebody goes to pull your credit to get a credit card or a mortgage or anything <laughs> like that, basically because it's locked, it tells them no. Right. It won't let them through. Yeah. I mean, cause I know I have one of the monitoring services and, Anytime, you know, something tries to get opened or whatever, I get, I get the message and I have to approve the message. Otherwise, right. it won't go through. Uh, so, yeah, definitely have seen that. If somebody thinks that their identity has been compromised or stolen, not, not just a credit card, has mm -hmm. someone's using a credit card in California and we're here in Maryland. What are the steps that somebody should take? I know you said, hey, you know, follow a police report, but what are some of the steps that, that somebody can take to help um, lock things down and, and, you know, try to do some safeguards here? Well, again, from a preventative point of view, and I'm not necessarily shilling for any particular company here, but to the extent that you can get um, some kind of some kind of policy from your insurance company, or from McAfee or Norton or whoever, um, this, this can be expensive. Right. And so it's important to make sure that you have some kind of coverage available to be able to help you defer some of the costs, including attorney costs. Um, so that's important. But a lot of times so these companies will be, they have people that can help you kind of, you know, work through, work through these steps. But it's, it's again, it's, it's basically making sure everything is documented. Um, notifying the Federal Trade Commission, notifying the IRS, notifying, um, notifying all your credit card companies, just, you know, notifying, just making sure you have the documentation that you're notifying. You may, there may, one other place you might, you should probably notify is the Social Security Administration. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you think that something like, if you think that something like your Social Security number or whatever has been compromised, a report to the FBI is also probably in order. Um, so it's just... It's, it's just, it's getting, it's not, there may not be anything you can do until something actually happens to you. That's the, you know, identity theft can take a variety of, of forms. It can take, you know, if you think your passport's been stolen, well, contact the state department, file a report with diplomatic security service. If it's again, your social security, social security number, contacting federal law enforcement and contacting the social security administration. It's it and, and then just kind of you just have to kind of deal with each situation and each part of it as you go along. And that's and it can be frustrating. It can it can take years. Um, that's 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 part of the problem is that. Some of these things will not go away quickly. Right. Sometimes you have to get an attorney involved because sometimes a bank won't believe you right away or someone, you know, you might be dealing with government bureaucracy and it just it just takes time. So it's, it's just important to act quickly and to document, document, document and report, report, report as, as, as much right. as you, as much as is necessary. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know from, from the IRS <laughs> side, um, you know, you can certainly to be preventive, um, you could certainly apply for a personal identification number with the IRS. And then you have to, every year you will get a, a new letter a new number and you'll give that to your tax preparer and they put that information in for when they electronically file the tax return. So right. I know that's a, another preventive way that, yeah. um, you know, that you can, you know, that you can help with that. 
um, because the, the IRS, again, they are seeing a lot of fraudulent tax returns being filed, um, and they may not have stolen your identity per se, but they have your social security number. And what they're doing is they're creating fake W-2s trying to file to get their to get the refund and then, you know, leave you kind of hanging out there. Uh, and if they fi if they file on February 1st and you file on February 28th, well, they got there first. Yeah, it's right. it, the social security. The social security number is. Uh, yeah, that is a it's a very pesky and annoying number because it can cause it's great for quick identification, but it's annoying right. because it's so easy. We use it on so many things Yeah, that it's so, I mean, and, and even just basic things like your name, date of birth. I mean, you go to a doctor's office. What's the first thing they ask you? Well, what is your right. name and date of birth? And you could have two patients standing behind you that are listening to this information. It's right. It's, it's, it's very difficult in this day and age to, um, to really try to keep your identity to keep that identifying information um, confidential. It, it, I mean, there, people have tried and they're trying to pass laws that do that, but as a practical matter, it's, it's very difficult. And so I, I, don't want to pan, I don't want people to panic or be scared or lay in bed at night worrying that their social security number, date of birth and name are on the dark web and that someone's going to file an IRS return, you know, <laughs> after, you know, but, um, but it is still something to be vigilant about. It's, it's, to, it's, and not just that, but also being vigilant to making sure you don't voluntarily or inadvertently give it away, thinking that right. somebody is the right person to give it to when it's really the wrong person to give it to. Right, right. I, th I think the big thing, you know, also is letting people know, because uh, there's so many scams out there, um, and, and to make sure that that our elderly parents and things understand that, you know, IRS isn't going to call you, first of all. Um, if somebody calls you and says, Hey, I need you to identify who you are, and they're asking for your full social security number, then they're asking for your date of birth. Something's not right. You know, that's not something that typically is done. Um, so just just be careful. Well, it's also it's you know, it it I don't want to say it's gotten to the point where you can't trust anyone, but <laughs> But I mean, especially this time of year, I mean, think about how many charities are reaching out to you and, yeah. and calling you and saying, you know, okay, you know, would you be willing to donate to this mission or whatever it might be? Well, that's all great. Nobody should, you know, turn it down because they're scared of giving away their information. But usually what I advise is, is okay, number one, don't ever give it to somebody over the phone. Right. Just say, look, I will go on to your website. I will go on to, and I will, or I will. I will drop a check off or whatever it might be. Right. But I, I strongly advise against people giving that type of stuff over the phone to any charity that, that might, that might be out there. Also another pop, another thing I'd also add, and this is more in the credit card scheme of things, but you know, beware of the, the hacker scammers and hackers and whatever have gotten very good at scaring people. Yeah. So it's one of those things where you wake up in the morning, you see an email from your bank saying, you know, at six o'clock in the morning, you're still rubbing your eyes and you see an email from your bank saying, oh, if you don't, are your accounts have been frozen, click here to resolve issue, whatever. And you're just like, oh my gosh, so you click on it and away you go, you know, it's, you know, stop, take a breath, don't panic. And, you know, then find the number to the bank, you know, get it separately, call them up and find out what's going on. Don't be scared. If you're if, if you're getting a bill that you're not anticipating from a group that you don't do business with, chances are pretty good it's a it's a scam. 
Um, I, I will add though, um, and I saw this the other day, um, I had a friend at a prestigious law firm who sent me an email with a link attached and it looked, and I, I went through, I was, wasn't expecting it. So I kind of went through the whole thing and it was very good. So I called him up. I said, did you send me an email? He's like, no, I didn't send you an email. You know, if I hadn't thought, you know, paying attention to unexpected things, yeah. that's, that's something yeah. else. And stay away from Nigerian princes. There is yeah. no money <laughs> coming out of Nigeria. I right. promise you, there is no money coming out of Nigeria. Right. Um, and don't give money to people that you meet on dating websites. That's another one too. Yeah. Stay away yeah. from, stay away from that too. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, but you're right. There, there are, there, there are a ton of scams out there. Um, because I know this morning when, you know, when I logged in, I probably had three or four emails that say, Hey, you're unpaid invoice. And it's like, okay, well, right. I don't even know who you are. So I know it's not, you know, unpaid. And on top of that, that's not how, you know, my, my vendors communicate with me type thing. Um, right. So, so I agree with you. It's like, if it's something out of ordinary, you know, you, you got to ask questions. Um, I know the new thing I keep getting are texts from Netflix saying that my account is locked down, that I need to click on the link attached to, to get it cleared up. It's like, no, that's not, that's not it. So, so, you know, you're absolutely correct. I mean, it's just like, you know, if there's something that doesn't look right, you gotta, you gotta make a, make a phone call. Don't, and don't call the number that's on the. That's right. On the right. And you know, if, if, if maybe a, a catchphrase would work here to help, I, I, I guess I would say, take a minute before you click it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just take, just take, just take a minute. Don't, don't, don't react. And, 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 and they rely on the fact that you're going to overreact. Yep. They absolutely rely on that. They, um, they're very good at this. You know, um, I don't, I don't know how many reviewers are familiar with the concept of social engineering. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's very, you know, you have people who work on fear, but you also have people who are really good con artists at building trust with people. Right. And so there's somebody that you think is just, um, that you think is just being friendly when in reality they're gathering information about you. In information is a very powerful weapon and it can be really good when it works in your favor and it can be really bad when it works against you. But, but, you know, even putting stuff up on your social media posts. Yeah. You know, I mean, I still am befuddled that people will say, you know, one minute ago traveling in Paris or traveling in the Caribbean, you know, it's, you know, and you know, you know, they're still there and right. You know, it doesn't take anything to Google somebody's home address to, you know, so it's, it, it's a constant, you have to be in a constant state of vigilance these days. That's, that's all I, I mean, that's, that's the most basic way of saying is yeah. yeah, vigilance. I, I, I agree. Cause like, you know, like you're saying, they, they do try to scare you. I mean, I remember, I think it was like two years ago, um, the big thing was, is they were calling people's houses and saying that, <clears throat> that they were from the federal government and you had an outstanding debt with the IRS and that they were sh sending the sheriff's office to your house to arrest you and you needed to Western Union them money. Right. I, you know, there's I got, all kinds of issues with that. But I, I'm telling you, I got a ton of those phone calls from my clients. Hey, the, you know. And it's just like, hang up the phone on them. Don't worry about it. They're not, you know, they can threaten you all they want. They're not coming and so forth. So, 
We, I got, I used to get them from customs and border protection. Okay. <laughs> you have a package down at the border. We're going to come arrest you unless you pay the fine and release. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not I've got okay. no packages coming in. Right. 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 So, all right, Aaron. And we, if I do, you can keep it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cause it's not something I ordered. So we've covered a lot of stuff. What have I not asked you that you wish I had? I think it's, I, I want people to feel comfortable with um, I want people to feel comfortable with still living their lives and not living in a state of panic. I think it's, I, I think one issue that sometimes comes up too, that I, I think is, is out there is, is are debit cards or credit cards preferable, especially for online purchases. Um, I know that there are folks out there like Dave Ramsey, um, who strongly advocate against credit cards. And I understand the psychological reasons and the research is valid. You tend to spend more when you, when you pay via card versus cash. And I, I understand that, but you should also know that there are, that you need, that there are protections in place with credit cards that are going to make it a lot easier. And we kind of touched on this earlier that the cash is gone with a debit card. But one thing, if you're going to order online with, with debit cards, is create a separate account for your online orders with a separate debit card. And that way, and, and then if you know that the price is going to be 40 bucks, transfer the 40 bucks into that separate account with that separate right. debit card. Because that way, if they get a hold of the number or something happens, then you can work with the bank to clear up the overdraft fees and everything like that. But they're not going to get a hold of your main your main um your main account with all your cash i think that's just a really prudent way if you really want to use a debit card understand it's still going to be a little trickier with your bank but it's but it's still if you want to go down that road that's probably the safest way to do that but again i don't want anybody to be scared i don't want anybody like hyperventilating over this just you know you can still live your life just you know just be vigilant be i had somebody in a doctor's office one of the secretaries was like and what is your date of birth like really really loudly i'm like uh, she's like, oh, uh-huh. sorry. <laughs> it's right. like, you know, so just, you know, just caution, vigilance, but not don't hyperventilate over it. Right. And don't don't be don't live in a state of panic where you don't want to leave your house or do anything online. It's just just important to be smart, be safe. And that's and that's the most important message I could get out to anybody. I mean, one of one of the additional things that I've done is I've set up a separate email address for any time I order anything. So it goes to that email address and so forth. So I know my regular, you know, address, email address that I'm using, they're not going to come to me for any type of collection or anything else. Right. Because I have this other email that I use for all of that. Um, part of that helps me cut down on my spam that I'm getting. Right. But, but also I, I think that that's another way to help <laughs> uh, yourself when it, when it comes to that. So um yeah, so Aaron, if, if if people have questions for you or or unfortunately have it have an issue that, that they've run into with this, how can they get in touch with you to, to get some help? So my yeah, my uh, law firm website is asenlawplc.com. That's A-I-S-E-N-L-A-W-P-L-L-C.com. I think it's uh, in your show description as well. Yeah. Um, and, and so if people want more information about tips that they can use to prevent this, or they, they're having a, a situation, they should, you know, absolutely, um, feel free to, to reach out. Um, so. Great. 
Really appreciate your time today. Um, I think a lot of people got a lot of good tips. So this week, our guest was Aaron Asen with Asen Law PLLC. I'll see you guys next week. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.